So today, I have two words that the Lord dropped into my heart a couple of weeks ago. Two words. Hold fast. We are in a season right now that most of us don't want to be in. Amen? <laughs> but what do we do about it? We'll get into that. We've all heard this phrase before, hold fast. What does it mean and how do I fit it into my life? Well, let's find out. Some definitions of hold fast. Remain tightly secured. Continue to believe in or adhere to an idea or principle. <clears throat> Stay in one place. To persist steadfastly in pursuit of a goal, especially despite challenges. To adhere or stick firmly or closely to. <coughs> to grip something, especially tightly or with force. Hold fast, not letting go. Synonyms include to seize, grasp, embrace, grab hold of, latch on to. Hold, retain, preserve, possess, cleave to, continue with, persist, remain, stay, sustain, keep going, adhere to, submit, follow, comply with, abide by, unite, attach, fasten, clasp, stay put, hang on, persevere, carry on. Hold your ground. Be firm. Be determined. Hold on. Not back down. Show determination. Hold fast. I found this description on the Hold Fast Gloves webpage, and I really enjoyed it. Physically, the term hold fast means to bear down and fight through the storm. Bear down and fight through the storm. There's also an understanding among sailors that when on deck, you dedicate a hand for the ship and a hand for yourself. That means in order to help your crew, you must make sure that you are taken care of. A ship needs every member in an emergency, and if you are washed overboard, you're no help to anyone. Because of that fact, you always secure one hand to the ship. Once you are secured and ready to take on the waves, you can use the other hand to help yourself and crew. That working hand is used to ensure that the ship and all of its crew will successfully make it through the storm. We are on a ship in the storm right now. We need to hold fast. What is our ship? Our ship could be any number of things, our family, our job, our church. But we need to hold fast. We need to maintain what we have already achieved in our lives personally. We need to not let go, right? It's easy in the storm to kind of hide under the deck and just wait for it all to pass, right? 
but that's not what God has called us to. So I want to go to Timothy. The first thing we need to hold on to. Prophecy. 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you might fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these, and so have shipwrecked their faith. What is the word from the Lord? What is the prophecy that you've received? What is his word spoken to you? What is his promise? Has he changed his mind? Is his word different this year than it was before? Then hold on to it. If his word hasn't changed, hold on to it. One thing I know from my experience is that when there's a word from the Lord in my life, from a trusted, proven prophetic voice, it doesn't change in a couple of years just because God changed his mind. Right? When God says something about you, he means it. What is God's word? Hold on to it. Circumstances change like the weather. God's word never does. It is the only thing that we can base our lives upon. It is the firm foundation in the midst of shifting sand. Whatever your circumstance, hold on to the word of God. If the word is convicting you, follow it. Obey it. Allow it to do its work and perfect you. If it's a promise that you're believing for or an emergency situation in your life, Hold on to it. Don't let go. The word of God spoken through the mouth of a believer is powerful and effective. Hold on to the word. We've had situations in our life, Carlene and I, where we've had to get in and find the word. And we've had to hold on and speak that word. And say, no, devil, you are not winning this war. You are not winning this fight. And we came out on top because God is faithful. Because God's word wins every time. Hold on to the word that you've received from the Lord. Number two, hold on to faith and a good conscience. A good conscience, a clean heart. There it is again. How long have we heard that we need to guard our hearts? It's been a common theme this last year. Guard your hearts. The world is upside down. Even worse than it was before. <laughs> we need to guard our hearts so that we don't get out of line. Guard your heart. Trust God to bring you through it. And keep your heart attitude pure. This means that sometimes we need to give up our right to be right. God is our defender. And he will fight for us when it's necessary. Keep your heart pure. 
Number three, hold on to sound teaching. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. There are many false teachers in the world right now. And they take on many forms. Magazines, talk show hosts, online bloggers and vloggers, and unfortunately, some so-called Christian, and I use that word lightly, Christian preachers. They seem to have a form of wisdom, but when you check it against the Word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can quickly recognize that something is not quite right. They use the same question that Satan asked Eve in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? And then they follow it up with a promise of something that our flesh wants. And who can resist their own flesh on the best of days? Right? We should be. But if we're honest with ourselves, <laughs> sometimes it's harder than others. Amen? Of course, they don't necessarily use those exact words. They just throw in stuff that makes you question what you believe. And it undermines the word of God. For instance, I saw a video title as I was searching, as researching. It said, sometimes you can serve both God and money, was the title on this video. Dude, are you nuts? Did you fall off the truck somewhere, land on your head? It's wrong. You cannot. It is not possible. We need to be on guard, church. We need to hold fast to the word of God so that we will not be deceived. Sound teaching. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. Our pastors diligently seek the word and study the word to make sure that everything that comes across this pulpit lines up and is truth, not watered down, not twisted, we are blessed, church. Number four. Hold on to eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 and 12. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We are called to a higher life. Eternal life. Which is here and now. It's not just something that we look forward to. Like one day when this life is over, I get to go to heaven and live eternally. Yes, that's true. But we're told to take hold of that life now. That eternal life is something that begins in each of us when we accept Christ. 
It's God's life. It doesn't, we don't have to wait till we die to have that eternal life. We get to experience it here now. Jesus called it abundant life. The life that is in Christ. It is completely fulfilling. It is unending, incorruptible. It is not of this world. But we are invited to participate in it. Hallelujah. It's an invitation into God's kingdom. And its citizenship takes effect immediately. Not down the road sometime. Immediately now, here. This is the life I live now. Paul says, the life I live, I live in Christ. How great is that life? There is no death in eternal life. There is no lack in eternal life. There's no depression in eternal life. Grab hold of it. Hold fast to it. You can read the reports, but the suicide rates in the last year have skyrocketed. That's not God life. That's depression. That's hopelessness. We have life, eternal life, here and now. And all we have to do is take hold of it by faith in Jesus. It's a choice we make to let go of what the world offers and grab hold of the new life in Christ. Number five, hold on to your gifts. 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, do not neglect your gift, which is given you through prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. This last year has been very weird for all of us. We don't know if we're coming or going sometimes. Yes, you can meet together. No, you can't meet together. Yes, you can, but only five of you. How do I use my gift? How do I develop my gift? You practice at home. You practice at home. Why? So that you're ready when the opportunity comes to use it again. I have to admit, I struggle with that. It's easy to find something else to do. When you don't go to church, when you don't have to prepare for something, it's easy to not prepare. That's where the discipline comes in. That's where the holding fast comes in. What has God put in you? Practice it at home. Speak to the mirror if you have to. Preach to the dog if you have to. But hold on to that gift. Don't let it slide away. Because what happens to a gift that you don't use? It gets rusty and stiff. And it takes a lot of oil to get it moving again. What happens to a car that you don't drive for 20 years? It gets stiff. And it needs a lot of attention to get it moving again. But you keep that thing working. You keep that thing serviced. You keep maintaining it. 
and it'll work, and it'll serve you, it'll serve others. It'll be a blessing if you keep using it. You don't have to be good at it, necessarily. You just got to be faithful with it. Hold on to your gift. Don't let it slide away. We're in the midst of a season of unknowns. It's easy to become discouraged. It's easy to think that everything is against you. You can't meet with family or friends. We can't meet in church for corporate worship. Now we can, thankfully, but in limited numbers. Your work schedules get rearranged. Everywhere you go, there are signs reminding us that there is an enemy at large. There's a big push to stay home, and it's easy to slide into a state of indifference, just waiting for it all to blow over. The problem with sitting back and waiting for it to blow over is that you get swept away with the storm. Right? Like the sailor on the ship. If he just sits on the deck waiting for the storm to blow, he's going to get real wet. And he's no good to anybody around him. In fact, he's the one that needs rescuing then. Right? We can't just wait around. You see, life continues, even if our programs do not. Life continues, even if you have to take time off work. If you have to close the shop, life continues. When you can't meet with your family and friends, life continues. Every day we are that much closer to eternity. Every day is an opportunity to learn and grow and mature. Every day we get to become more like Christ. Every day we get to shine his light. We can still teach our children to love Jesus. We can still spend time with him in worship and share his love with our neighbor. We can still pray. We can still bless others. We can speak those things that are not as though they were. We can loose the spirit of revival over our nation. We can bind up the influences of hell that would direct our government away from God. We can get on our knees before God and repent for our arrogant and selfish ways that are contrary to his word. And we can pray for our land to be healed. In fact, some of us have more time now than ever to do these things. We can use that time wisely. But that means that we can't just drift around waiting for the storm to pass. We can't wait for things to change. We need to maintain our focus. Pastor Jerry said in prayer this morning, focus, focus, get your eyes right. Get your eyes on the prize. And watch what you say. Are you speaking blessing? Are you speaking cursing? Are you speaking life? Or are you speaking death? Two streams should not come out of the same mouth, James says. Life 
blessing. I don't care if it looks like everything is wrong about it. If you can't speak anything good about something, speak good to that thing so that it can change. Jesus spoke to the storm. He said, peace, be still. And it was, amen? Sometimes we need to speak to our problems, not about our problems. But keep your eyes on the prize and keep your words pure. Keep your heart pure. God is building his church, and that means we need to be on board building alongside him. We need to hold fast to what he is doing. Get a grip. None of this wishy-washy, whatever happens, happens. Get a grip. Stay where God puts you. Hold on to the promise. Hold on to the prophecy. What has God put in you? Hold on to it. Hold fast. And holding fast means more than just holding on. It's being established and firm. Reliable and immovable. Mature and constant. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples during the storm. Where's your faith? Where's your grip? Where's your maturity? I found something interesting online the other, when I was preparing as well. Hold fast is also a tool used by woodworkers and blacksmiths. It's, an L, it's kind of a rounded hook-shaped device, and you bang it into a a hole in your workbench, and the top of it holds your work in place. Sometimes we just need to be there for somebody to assist, to get on board, to work alongside, to be reliable, to be mature. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. I don't want Satan to outwit us. Paul's talking to the church. Don't let the devil trick you. We know what his schemes are. We are not ignorant about the devil's schemes. If Satan's trying to shut down the church, let's use it against him. And intercede like never before. Let's storm the gates of hell by prayer. Plunder his kingdom. And let's grow the church in maturity and in numbers. But let's hold fast. Get our lives set, firm, established on the rock of his word. 